We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in Nashville, partnered with 440 Sports and Broadway Sports Media. I'm Justin Graver. I'm joined, as always, by Justin Mello. And today we get to preview the first game of the season for the Tennessee Titans taking on the New York Giants at home. Justin, are you amped? Are you ready to run through a wall? How you doing? I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. After, after the offseason we've had, uh, we finally get to preview a real football game. I know we did some stuff on the preseason, but we get to preview a real football game. Tennessee Titans, New York Giants, this Sunday, 325 Central Standard Time at Nissan Stadium. I don't know about you, but that's extremely exciting. It's extremely exciting for me, and I think that here's how we're going to do this most of the season, I think, every week we can. We're going to start with our guest. We're bringing a guest on who knows the Giants. She is the publisher and a writer for GiantsCountry.com, part of Fan Nation for SI.com. And she's also the host of the Locked on Giants podcast, so you know she knows her stuff. To get her thoughts on where this Giants team is at with a new coaching staff and a quarterback and a big you know, career-deciding year for him and some other exciting pieces and players on offense that people may not really think of as being exciting playmakers, but they have more than you would expect. They got big names on defense as well, especially on that defensive line. So we're going to get her thoughts. And then Justin and I will get into our own thoughts on how this game could and should unfold. So let's just get right into it then. Should we bring on our guest? Let's do it. I've been waiting a long time to bring Patricia on this show. See someone I've been lucky enough to interact with a lot throughout the years. Very few people know the New York Giants as well as Patricia does, and I'm thrilled to welcome her to the show today. All right. We are excited now to be joined by a publisher, writer for GiantsCountry.com, part of Fan Nation for SI, and the host of the Locked on Giants podcast, Patricia Trena. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Glad to see you. Glad to be here. Thank you. We're going to get into this Giants team here. A new look for the Giants with Brian Dayball installed as the head coach. Um, I'm curious, what have been your impressions of him so far throughout this this offseason process? Yeah, I like him. You know, he's pretty laid back, but not so much laid back to where you think, oh, my God, nothing's getting done. Um, Very uh, opposite from Joe Judge, who Mm. was very hands on, almost like a micromanager. Dable is is kind of, uh, I think, a little bit more flexible, realizes that you have to adjust, that you can't micromanage people and things. And uh, he don't get me wrong. He has a little bit of that Bill Belichickian, um, you know, flavor to him. He did work with that staff at one point, but uh, right. just just very different, you know, very, um, you know, in tune with wanting to find what the players do well and making sure that the systems are built around what they do well, as opposed to, you know, the opposite. Right. I was really curious and interested in, he wasn't letting media record or post any clips of practice, right? What was it like covering practice in that environment? It, you know, it was weird. And I'll tell you why, because there were fans in the stands and they were taping stuff, even though I, I saw security going up and down saying, don't tape, don't tape. Well, there was no way they were they were going to be able to enforce that. It just right. wasn't happening. But yeah, you know, because if for no other reason, sometimes I like to tape these these plays and go back and look at them later on. 
and see what I miss because so much happens on one play. But, you know, rules are rules and you're a guest yeah. on the facility grounds. So you have to pretty much follow what they say. Otherwise, give up your credential. I imagine, Patricia, it's such a nice sort of ch- change in structure. I-, I-, I would assume that Joe Judge, and not by you particularly, but well, I mean, obviously wasn't very well liked in that market because they didn't win many games. Right. But certainly seems like a, a huge shift in, in culture and structure with Brian Dable. It almost feels like anyone that who was going to get to come in after Joe Judge uh, was probably going to win over the fan base rather quickly. Well, you know, it's interesting because we said the same thing after Ben McAdoo was let go. We said the <laughs> same thing after Pat Shermer was let go. We're saying the same thing after Joe Judge was let go. So, you know, a lot of people ask me. Why should I be encouraged? Why should I, you know, why is this time different? And I, I can't really give you a solid answer other than to say, look, here's the difference in how these guys are, you know, these coaches that these coaches are. Here's what we see with, as far as, you know, the quality of the coaching staff, how they're working with the players. Um, you know, you, you've got a, a, a one-two punch in Dable and, and general manager Joe Shane. They both come from Buffalo, as you know, a winning program. So yeah. it's, it's fresh blood. It's, it's fresh ideas. And I think that's probably the biggest reason to be encouraged. And, and shifting to this Titans game a little bit, uh, nobody needs that encouragement more probably than quarterback Daniel Jones, right? Who's obviously entering uh, what I think we would all call a fate deciding season, right? They, they declined the fifth year player option on him. It's really a do or die year for Daniel Jones for his future there in East Rutherford. Um, what have you seen from Brian Dable's offense and what's something the Titans can maybe expect from Daniel Jones this Sunday? It's a very um, quick paced offense, a lot of pre-snap motion. Um, you're going to see the ball come out of Daniel Jones's hands very quickly. You're going to see him try to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers quickly. And um, they're going to take some shots down the field in select situations. But, uh, um, you know, the idea is to take some of the onus off of Daniel Jones and put it on the playmakers. Speaking of playmakers like that, Saquon Barkley is – in line for a potentially big bounce back season. He's a comeback player of the year candidate. Have you seen anything from him in practice that gives you any concern that maybe he's not going to bounce back and be that great playmaking running back that we saw for so, for so long before last year? Not really. I mean, he's healthy. Um, this offense set up to, to really take advantage of what he does well. Um, he's optimistic. He's, um, running with power. He looks good, looks more decisive. Um, I think this offense is going to shift and get him into space more, which has always been his strength and take away some of the stuff that we saw a lot of, you know, maybe in the past, mainly sending him up into the teeth of the run defense where he wasn't very um, efficient. They have a better offensive line in front of him. That's going to help a better offensive system. So, I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from Saquon Barkley. And I think this year he's going to, you know, if he stays healthy, we're going to see maybe the 2018 version as opposed to what we've seen the last few years. Right. One of the more interesting things, you know, Patricia, that you said there that really captures my attention as an outsider, you talked about getting the ball out of Daniel Jones's hand, putting the, you know, taking some of the onus off him, getting their playmakers involved quickly. 
It's interesting the way this team is set up because I feel like they are set up to do that, right? I mean, you just mentioned Saquon Barkley being more creative with his usage, utilizing him in space, but it's not just him, right? We're talking about year two of Kadarius Toney here, who is obviously an electric playmaker at Florida. And also, um, you know, obviously this regime didn't draft Kadarius Toney, but they did draft Wendell Robinson, right, in in the second round, which was a a bit of a surprise for the draft community that I come from. Certainly thought Wendell Robinson was going to be available a bit later later than that. But you look at the way you talked about Dable and Joe Shane coming over from Buffalo. You look at the way they utilize an Isaiah McKenzie uh, in Buffalo previously and how helpful he was to that offense. Uh, It's really interesting because I I won't lie to you. I don't think either of us, Justin and I, I don't think we're super high on the 2022 Giants and their outlook. But when you start talking about the way the offense is set up and what they're designed or what they're attempting to do, I would say that it's very in line with how they've built that roster uh, this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember this year, I mean, it, could the Giants go to the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not possible. It's a long shot. But this year is more or less about Joe Shane and Brian Dable evaluating what they have. And you got to remember when they were hired, you know, Shane came in in mid-January. Dable came in um, the end of January. Then Dable spent like the next month and a half putting his staff together they didn't have a, a healthy salary cap situation. So right. they really weren't able to build the team up the way they felt that they needed to. So when you can't build the team the way you want to, what do you do? You sit back and you say, okay, let me evaluate what I have and see what's going to be part of this team moving forward and what is not. And what do I need to address for, for the future? So I think that's kind of the approach they're taking. And it's interesting because Joe Shane spoke to the media last week and kind of alluded to that. He said, you know, look, the situation is what it is. We're just trying to get through it day by day. And, you know, that to me didn't sound like somebody who is planning on making a playoff run. Hmm, right. I'm um, shifting the focus over to the defensive side of the ball now. I'm really curious to get your thoughts on what's going on with the middle linebacker position. Because Blake Martinez, who was a great player, led the Giants in tackles in, in 2020. And then last year, missed most of the season with a torn ACL. They release him just last week when we kind of thought he might be in line to start at middle linebacker and now left a little thin at that position group. What do you think the Giants are going to do with that position without a leader of the defense that's been there for a while? Well, they're obviously going to have to go with the young guys, you know, Tate Crowder, who took over from Martinez. I don't think the the middle linebacker spot is going to be as um, heavily relied on in this defensive system as it was in maybe Patrick Graham's, I think you'll see probably more safeties and, and, and defensive backs in general uh, taking on some of that those roles there. So maybe the Giants feel that, okay, you know what? We could probably get by. You know, they were counting on Darian Beavers, their six-round draft pick, mm-hmm. to step in and, and be that guy. And, of course, he suffered the ACL injury, and he's done for the year. So I think they're going to just kind of try and skate by with what they have which is a lot of youth. And Mm -hmm. uh, again, just hope next year that they get back a healthy Beavers and, you know, that they can beef up that, that unit if they need to, but you know, the onus, I think it's going to be more on the defensive secondary and asking those safeties to come down, play in the box, you know, maybe dropping some of those defensive linemen into coverage. I mean, you're going to see all kinds of funky things coming from uh, Don Martindale's defense. It's interesting because, you know, Blake Martinez, uh, you know, my evaluation, he's a bit of a two down thumper 
bit of a throwback linebacker, right? Not really today's athletic, you know, linebacker that can thrive in space. Uh, so it's interesting. And I, I had, you know, seen that it was apparently a poor scheme fit uh, for Martindale's defense. I think one of the major questions I have, Patricia, and I'm going to put you in, in Don Martindale's seat for this coming Sunday, uh, knowing that the Tennessee Titans are an extremely physical football team. That's what their culture has been under Mike Vrabel and, and general manager, John Robinson, since they've taken over, uh, knowing that there's now there's a question at linebacker. And certainly even if, you know, people weren't high on Martinez, it's fair to wonder what's going to step in there, what in, in his place now, right. That he's gone. Knowing that you're, you're flying to Nashville and got to face Derrick Henry on Sunday, a 250-pound back that can run through you, run around you, can do all of that. Um, High-level linebacker play is certainly important, right, uh, to, to trying to limit Derrick Henry and what he does in the run game. How do the Giants approach what probably is the most talented running back they'll see all season in week one? Yeah, I think the key is to keep him from getting too deep into the second level. So you're going to see maybe a lot of safeties come up, play closer to the box and try to force Derrick Henry back to the teeth of the defense, the run defense, you know, the bigger bodies, the Leonard Williams, the Dexter Lawrences, you know, those guys. Um, what's also going to be important for the Giants, and this is where maybe I'm a little concerned, is protecting the edges, setting those edges. Now, right now, we don't know if Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play. We don't know if Aziz Ojolari is going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept uh, O'Shane Zimenez on the roster who historically has had some issues with setting the edges. So I'm kind of curious to see how that, that plays out. I mean, if I'm the Titans, I attack the giants on the edges. I don't go up the middle. I go after the edges and I think they can have success doing that unless the giants, you know, come up with some kind of plan to really fortify those edges. And we know yeah. we know the Titans love running, you know, that, that outside zone based uh, scheme that can certainly attack defenses on the edges. Uh, Patricia, we've really appreciated your time. Just going to start wrapping up here. Uh, this is a difficult question, in my opinion, because week one is a noted liar, right? We haven't seen <laughs> these teams play official football games yet. So I think this question always gets easier as the season progresses. But as we approach week one, um, what are sort of your expectations for this? game Titan safety Kevin Byard uh, by the way Justin he talked about that today where he said it's tough when you're playing against a new team that's got or a new coaching staff you don't always know what to expect and and I think that's almost the case for all week one opponents so how do you sort of see this game flow going and what are your general expectations for this game I expect to expect anything (laughs) yeah I I I really you know it, it is a tough question um I would like to see the Giants obviously have good stamina for all four quarters, no mistakes, um, you know, good decision-making. Um, you know, I'd like to see them be competitive. I don't know necessarily that they'll win, but I don't want to see them show up and look like they didn't get off the bus. I don't want to see them get blown out and look like, you know, the Keystone cops, which I, if I remember correctly, that was how they looked last time they met the Titans. Mm. So you want to see progress, I think you know, in small doses and in, in, in the intangibles and then ultimately build on that. And, and with that comes the wins. And I think, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to pick the Giants to beat the Titans because I don't think, you know, the Giants can beat them. That said, I do think the Giants can be competitive. I like to see them be sharp, um, strategically sound, run like a well-oiled machine. 
I just don't know that they have the firepower to necessarily stand toe to toe with the Titans. Yeah, it will be an interesting game. Like you said, Justin, we never know what to expect in week one. And then we often see week two look completely different from the way week one looked. And so it's fun to to kick off a new season. Patricia, we really appreciate your time today and your insight into this Giants team. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you start feeling better. Thank you. Thanks as always, Patricia. All right. Thanks again to Patricia for joining us. Before Justin and I get to our thoughts on this game, just want to remind you all to check out the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden located in East Nashville. Justin, I have a question for you. When the Giants fly into town this weekend, how many of them do you think are going straight to the to the pharmacy to get a burger? Well, all 53 of them should. And I'll tell you what, if there's a New York Giants player that isn't a burger guy and is someone that goes somewhere and orders chicken, then the pharmacy's still going to take care of them, baby, because they got chicken sandwiches, they got chicken burgers, you name it. Now, I'm not a big chicken guy, but I will say, when I'm at the pharmacy, that chicken pesto sandwich, the grilled chicken club, it's awfully tempting. Now, I'm always going to go with a burger personally, but if you're more of a chicken guy than a beef guy, I'm secretly judging you. But if you are, the pharmacy's still going to take care of you. They got chicken sandwiches, chicken burgers, grilled, you name it, chicken pesto. I don't know about you. I got a little Italian flair to me. I love pesto. Oh, pesto is so good. And Justin, you didn't even mention there, maybe you're not a burger guy. Maybe you're not even a meat guy. The pharmacy has plenty of vegetarian and vegan-friendly options. Of course, burgers and brats are the focus, but the pharmacy has great options in the Impossible, Falafel, and Black Bean Burger for guests looking for plant-based options without sacrificing taste or quality. The pharmacy is a great spot for big groups, small groups, birthdays, get-togethers, reunions, weddings. Check them out in East Nashville, located 731 McFerrin Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. Let's get to our thoughts on this game here because... As you said in that interview with Patricia, week one, noted liar. We have no idea how either of these teams are actually going to look. We have tons of expectations. If you told people this time last year the Bengals were about to go to the Super Bowl, they would have called you crazy. That could be the Jaguars this year. We don't know. Anything can happen. I do think the Titans should beat the Giants. They are heavy favorites right now. One of the heaviest favorites of any team, any matchup in week one is the Titans over the Giants. So a home game at Nissan Stadium should be loud, should be rocking. I think the uh, the defense, even with the loss of Harold Landry, is going to get after Daniel Jones. I am a little bit concerned with, um, you know, all their speedy playmakers at receiver making some plays, and I do think that that's going to happen. Can't really panic when, you know, Kadarius Toney makes a couple guys miss and picks up a 25-yard gain, or Saquon Barkley gets the ball in space and, and gets downfield. It's going to happen. Just like with any game, it's going to be all about the red zone and third downs. I'm confident the Titans can win this game, but what we saw last year against Arizona in week one, I don't know. Sometimes this team doesn't get off to the fastest starts. How are you expecting this game to go? I feel good about this game. I I really do. I think uh, this defense, even without Harold Landry, should be able to overwhelm Daniel Jones. Uh, I think we've seen Daniel Jones to be not the greatest decision maker, uh, someone that can uh, you, you can really get under his skin by applying consistent pressure. Um, erratic quarterback play, right? When things aren't on schedule uh, and, and running effectively on time. Now, we heard from Patricia that part of the, the emphasis on offense is to get the ball out of his hands, have things running on time and on schedule. Well, it, it's easy to do all that when the, you know, the bullets aren't flying, right? So it's certainly right. easy to do that in training camp and even the preseason at times. But with this Titans front seven, you know, hopefully applying constant pressure, the Giants still have several questions across their offensive line. 
I think they should be able to make life fairly difficult uh, for Daniel Jones. And then I also see Derrick Henry having uh, a ton of success on the ground game. I'm interested to see how much Daniel Jones runs because we know Brian Dayball coming over from Buffalo, Josh Allen, really, you know, deadly threat with his legs at the quarterback position. And Daniel Jones is quite an athlete himself. And we've seen him rip off huge runs throughout his career, even if he hasn't been the best passer of the football or best decision maker. I do think we're going to see him, see Brian Dable try to get Daniel Jones moving, whether that's with rolling pockets, read option type looks, or maybe even some RPOs mixed in. I do think that that's going to be a big part of the of the Giants' offense on Sunday. And one thing I'm really interested to see from the Titans' offense, first of all, something you mentioned on our last podcast, Josh Gordon saying he might expect to be playing in this game, which would mean they'd have to elevate him and protect him from the practice squad for this week. Um, unless they just sign him to the active roster and that would mean somebody else has to go. But I do think we could see a situation where Josh Gordon is elevated. But more than that, from the wide receiver position, we saw a report from ESPN last week that the Titans have a huge role planned for Traylon Burks. I want to see what this is. Like, I want to see the Titans offense with Burks, with Robert Woods, with Kyle Phillips, with Austin Hooper. It's basically a whole new group of pass catchers outside of Nick Westbrook, right? So... How are these guys going to, who's going to be on the field first? How much are they going to rotate? What kind, like, what are the usage going to be? Who's, who's in the slot most of the time? Is Traylon Burks running deep routes or is he running that, that play action crosser that AJ Brown had so much success on? I'm really, really interested to see how the Titans first round pick does and, and the whole receiver group in general. Well, this offense period, right? It's such a new look offense. How many new starters are we talking about here? Obviously, Robert Woods and, and Austin Hooper are big ones, but you also look at a guy like Aaron Brewer, who you know is, is starting at left guard um, for the first time entering a season as the starter. Nicholas Petit Friere, the rookie that no one likes talking about, is not a sexy position, right? But he's 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 got the biggest role of any of the rookies because he's a confirmed starter at right tackle, right? right. So uh, I can't wait to see what this offense looks like. There's so many moving pieces. Might be some growing pains, and that's okay, right? Yes, they've had all summer training camp preseason, but still, once the bull again, I, I using the same phrase, but once the bullets start flying, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's got Austin Hooper, he's got Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips. These are all new pieces he didn't have a year ago, right? So you, you have to assume there's going to be uh, a, at least a bit of an acclimation period there. How much of that can they put behind them quickly? Right. You don't want that, you know, any miscommunication issues to, to kind of linger throughout the course of the game. You don't want to carry that over into week two. So how quickly can you run a smooth, efficient offense? I will say that largely uh, is on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. Obviously, you know, he can't help it if a receiver or tight end makes a mistake. But I do think Ryan Tannehill is someone who's always been really effective of getting them uh, in and out of the huddle, getting them into a play call, making sure everyone understands their assignment, understands their what the expectations are on that play and uh, how they're expected to execute that play uh, but I'm really excited to see that all come together with so many new faces on offense yeah and on the defensive side of the ball most of these guys are back from last year obviously you lose Harold Landry Jack Garbett Jenkins is no longer on the squad but the Titans put out their first unofficial depth chart earlier this week and we saw Roger McCreary listed as a starter ahead of Caleb Farley I really think when this team comes out in base defense you're gonna see McCreary lined up across from Christian Fulton and when they do go to nickel I don't think McCurry's coming off the field. I'm curious to see when Elijah Molden gets in the game and how often he's used because I think your three cornerbacks in your nickel formation are McCreary in the slot with Farley and Fulton on the outside. So obviously there's a lot of speed in this Giants receiving core. There's not a lot of size. Kenny Galladay is a big guy, but he's had a pretty bad offseason from all the reports I've seen. 
doesn't seem to be the guy he ever was in Detroit. And like since he got to New York, he's been a completely different player. Obviously, came off a big injury, but I think that getting as much speed on the field to cover these quick players, Elijah Molden is a really physical, talented, good, uh, fundamental player, but he's not super fast. Roger McCurry's not super fast either. I'm interested to see how the Titans use these cornerbacks against such a such a speedy group of playmakers. Yeah, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, Elijah Molden hadn't practiced yet. So I, I would say it's fair to question if he'll be available for Sunday as of now. And if he's not, then I would agree you're, you're almost certainly going to see uh, Caleb Farley uh, playing a significant amount of snaps outside with Roger McCreary at the nickel. They also have Ugo Amadi, right, a corner they uh, acquired from the Eagles that made the 53-man roster. He's a guy that can play the nickel position uh, with regularity. So it will be interesting to see how they use those defensive backs. One other chart note I want to make and it's kind of funny uh it shows why people listen to this podcast because on the last episode earlier this week we talked extensively about Dina Kowatri potentially playing outside more the Titans actually listed Autry as an outside linebacker on the unofficial depth chart starting opposite Bud Dupree now it's important to note that reporters spoke to Dina Kowatri uh, during uh, following Monday's practice and he was quick to say that he doesn't play the same position as Harold Landry and we get it there are some schematic, some alignment differences involved, uh, but it does kind of speak to the fact that Autry can play outside, um, which is what we said earlier this week. And I pointed to Demarcus Walker on our last episode. They actually have him as a starter on this depth chart uh, in Dina Kowatri's regular spot. So that'll be interesting to monitor where Dina Kowatri lines up. Uh, we know he's probably going to play both inside and outside because they love his versatility, but where does he spend more of his time? And when he's inside, who's earning the snaps outside? And when he's outside, who's earning the snaps inside, right? Those are some of the things that I'm certainly looking forward to uh, finding out on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this question. Will Derrick Henry rush for over 100 yards? Yes, I am very yes. confident that Derrick Henry is going to run for over 100 yards in this game. I don't like what the Giants have at linebacker and Blake Martinez absence. We heard our guest Patricia talk about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Adjulari. Even if they play in this game, they're obviously banged up. They've missed time recently. Uh, talking about the Giants having struggles setting the edge. You get guys like Taylor Lewan, you get Nate Davis, you get those uh, Ben Jones on the move in that outside zone-based running scheme. And I think the Titans are going to find a lot of success running the football. I do too. I feel like, you know, it's hard to predict week one always, but I do think this game flow is going to favor the Titans. And, and in the fourth quarter, it's going to be up to the offense to continue to convert first downs and the defense to continue to get stops to kind of ice this game away. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout. I think it could be closer than Titans fans are comfortable with down the stretch, but one of those games where they ride Henry in the fourth quarter and, and maybe he rips one and says, I'm back. The King is back for 2022. Um, any final thoughts on this game? Should we give a score prediction? Yeah. You know what? I'll go with a score production uh, prediction and I'll probably go bolder than most. I'll go Titans 27 giants 13. Okay, that's pretty close to what I was going to say. I'm going to go Titans 24, Giants 10. I think the defense holds them for the most part. I think maybe there's a couple big plays that they get ripped off, convert a red zone try into a touchdown, convert another red zone try into a field goal. But for the most part, the Titans defense should be able to stop this Giants offense, I think, despite not knowing what they're going to look like. This is the game, this is the week for me of halftime adjustments, right? Because you're going to come out in the first half and learn so much more about your opponent than you could have possibly learned in the last eight months preparing for this. So 
Could be a closer game in the first half as both teams are trying to figure out who they are this season and how to attack this opponent they have no film on. And then in the second half, the team that has been together longer, that probably has more talent overall, that may or may not have the better coach. It's hard. We don't know how good of a head coach Brian Dayball is going to be, but you got the reigning coach of the year and Mike Vrabel on the Titans sideline. So I do think that that's where the Titans will start to pull away from this game and take it home 24 to 10. All right, that'll do it. We did the podcast. Good job. First preview podcast as its own thing on a Thursday. How you feel? Feels good. I think this is a, a great change for our listeners to be able to tune in on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Get ready for the Titans' upcoming opponent. That's the New York Giants this week. Week one is finally here. Thank our guest Patricia Trainer for coming on and helping us preview this contest. As you said, there's not a lot of, there's no film really on this iteration of the New York Giants. We have no idea um, what they're going to look like. Again, you could spend all the time you want watching the Buffalo Bills last year, but certainly Brian Dable has made some changes to this Giants offense based on the personnel that he has here. So it's a unique challenge for the Titans. It's one that I'm not underrating uh, per se. I, I do think it's a challenge and those first few drives, uh, again, Kevin Byard alluded to, are going to be difficult because you're adjusting, you're learning on the fly, right? It's, it's not as much as studying the film. Uh, you remember Kevin Byard had that pick against the Rams, right? Where you're studying the film, you know exactly what's coming. You're not going to get that with the, with this version of the New York Giants. So it does present a unique challenge for the Tennessee Titans. But the Giants are facing the same challenge because we just covered how many new guy, new faces are on the Titans offense. No idea how all those players will be used or how to defend what what they're going to see formation-wise pre-snap. So the Titans have that same advantage. It's one of those things, you know, who can just execute better and, and make the adjustments. And I think that we will see the Titans come out on top. Justin, if we were re- recording this podcast in Nashville, I would celebrate our very first preview Thursday episode by going to the pharmacy, burger parlor, and beer garden. Wouldn't you come with me? You bet your butt I'd be washing uh, this podcast down with a nice beer from the beer garden, a nice burger uh, from the pharmacy. So very excited to have them on board as our official sponsor. Check them out when you're in Nashville. If you're listening to this from Nashville, you should bring your phone, your computer, whatever you listen to us on, bring it to the pharmacy and play it for them right in front of them. Say, I listen to the Music City Audible and I'm doing it from right here on location at the pharmacy, baby. And if you're going to the game on Sunday, the Pharmacy Burger is a great place to stop on your way in. Remember, it's a late afternoon game start time. It's not a typical noon kickoff. So stop by the pharmacy, grab a burger, grab a beer, and then head over to Nissan Stadium or go celebrate the win there afterwards. Uh, Check it out. Thanks again to them. Thanks to 440 Sports and Broadway Sports Media and to all of you for listening. We will be back on Monday to recap this game. So until then... Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. Stay safe out there, everybody, and tighten up. A Broadway sports media production.